Before we get started, I wanted to thank Prevail Infoworks, the sponsor of today's podcast. Prevail Infoworks is the only global, full-service, tech-enabled CRO and e-clinical service provider harnessing historical and publication data alongside ongoing study data in real time. Get the most out of your study data and schedule a demonstration of this service for yourself at www.prevailinfoworks.com. And be sure to meet the Prevail team at the Outsourcing Clinical Trials East Coast Conference in May or at their offices in Philadelphia. Again, take a moment and explore their new look website at www.prevailinfoworks.com. Check them out. Hey, listeners of the Bio Report, I want to tell you about a new member benefit from the California Technology Council. CTC has teamed with Reprovada to offer members six months of Reprovada's COT Network service for free, which gives companies the power of a VPN at a fraction of the cost. A remote, flexible workforce is the new normal, but most corporate networks aren't built to accommodate work from home at scale. Reprovada's COT Network offers an easily deployable, affordable, and scalable solution to securely enable remote workers and protect the corporate network. To learn more about this and other member benefits, go to californiatechnology.org forward slash member benefits. I'm Daniel Levine, and this is the Bio Report. cancer is the third most common form of cancer. While screening is an effective means of preventing it, many people fail to get a colonoscopy because of the invasive nature of the procedure and the preparation and sedation that goes with it. CheckCap is a clinical stage company developing C-Scan, the first capsule-based system for preparation-free colorectal screening. The capsule uses ultra-low-dose x-ray and wireless communication technologies to generate information on the contours of the inside of the colon as it passes through it. This creates a 3D map that allows physicians to look for polyps and other abnormalities. We spoke to Alex Avadia, CEO of CheckCap, about colorectal cancer, why people avoid being screened as they should, and how the company's C-Scan capsule-based system works. Alex, thanks for joining us. Thank you very much for inviting me. We're going to talk about colorectal cancer, the problems of screening, and CheckCap C-Scan, a capsule-based system for preparation-free screening. Let's start with colorectal cancer, though. How big a problem does it represent? So, for the uh, if we look on the American population... Uh, you would find uh, approximately 25% of the people that have polyps and approximately uh, 0.5% of the population, of the average risk population, may have uh, cancer. That's about the statistics about the colorectal cancer. 
And what's the prognosis today for people with colorectal cancer? And what role does early detection play in terms of better outcomes? So it is clear and known by all the physician community that detecting precancerous polyps before they develop into cancer basically saves lives. Um, there are about 50,000 Americans who are dying every year from colorectal cancer. And if you look worldwide, the number can reach up to about 880 plus thousand people who are dying from this horrible disease. So, and, and not to mention the fact that there, there are people also with incidents, meaning they have the cancer itself and not necessarily die at the same moment, but continuously, uh, unfortunately, continue to die from that over the years. So, by allowing the detection of uh, the uh, polyps ahead of time, where is a, there is a window of opportunity of about 10 years to catch those polyps before they become malignant, uh, you uh, allow by that to uh, remove the risk potentially for people to become cancerous people. And uh, this is basically what we at Checkup are doing. Our job is to make sure that we increase the adherence for people and allow them to go for a screening and by that address an unmet need that exists uh, in this landscape. Well, how good are people today at complying with checkups when they should get them for colon cancer? Before I talk about checkup, let me talk about the compliance, um, at least in the U.S., uh, which represents, I think, uh, a, 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 a good number compared to what you may find worldwide. In the U.S., about 40% of the eligible Americans are not going for a decent screening which means about 46 million people are not getting decent screening. This is uh, the... You say that's good in the US. This, yeah, this is, this is good. Yeah, if you compare it to the European market, you would find about uh, 70 to 80% of the population that doesn't adhere from various reasons. But since the US market is the most sophisticated and um, the guidance are very clear, I would expect a much higher adherence of people. And this is not the case because of the current screening methods, which are not that friendly um, in the eyes of those eligible people. So our job is to make sure that we uh, increase the adherence and bring more people into this screening method. And we believe that through our method, which doesn't require the preparation that is probably the uh, biggest barrier for people not to go for screening, uh, we believe those people with, uh, with our method would not require the preparation and thus would uh, hopefully join and uh, perform the screening. And then after, once found with a polyp, could be referred to colonoscopy which is the gold standard, that's the best solution to remove the polyps, but yet uh, could be referred because they could not be referred since they wouldn't go to such screening beforehand. Uh, and this is why we believe we address an unmet need, a huge unmet need in the US. And as I said, not to mention also other areas or other uh, locations worldwide. 
Well, for, for listeners who haven't had the pleasure of colorectal screening, walk us through the process and what are the barriers to people doing this when they should? The barriers, as I mentioned before, are mostly the fact that for structural tests, uh, you need a preparation. And for non-structural tests, which are mostly biomarker tests, you need to handle, unfortunately, with stool. So um, those two elements are not that friendly in the eyes of those patients, of those eligible patients. So, so we, when you talk about preparation, though, what does that actually entail? In, it, it requires people to um, ingest laxatives, stay away from the work or from their normal life for about one to two days. Um, and that is also accompanied by additional elements, could be sedation for colonoscopy, insufflation, uh, pain, embarrassment. All those are not necessarily friendly, and I would say even more for the younger population. When you look on the younger population, they usually think about themselves as healthy. So why should I go? and perform colonoscopy at a younger age, like 45 or maybe even 50, if I feel that I'm healthy, I don't need to. So why? And, um, and then they escape from that. The outcome is unfortunately very sad because many of those are uh, becoming cancerous patients. They start with stage one and then... If, if they don't catch it on time, where, as I said, the, the window is very large. If you catch on time those polyps, you just remove them and maintain the person healthy. You don't need no more cancer. So our, I would say, uh, uh, a message, uh, our mantra is, why wait for cancer? We don't need that. We just need to bring a, an answer of, yes, you have a polyp go to your physician, perform a colonoscopy, and you are done. Well, what is CheckCap C-Scan capsule? It's not only a capsule. We, uh, we developed a system. The C-Scan system consists of three main elements. Uh, one is the capsule. The second one is a tracking system. And the third is the workstation. The two first ones are considered the kits that um, are being provided to the patients. So once you uh, go for the test itself, what you only need is to ingest the capsule with half a glass of water, include uh, in your diet um, 15 milliliters of uh, contrast uh, material plus tablespoon of fibers for three times a day, and you are only being required to attach a small unit to your back that allows for the tracking of the capsule position and orientation. Through that, what you get is uh, scanning along the passage of the capsule inside the column, and those scans are being collected, or the data is being collected into the tracking system, allowing after to uh, be downloaded into the workstation that I mentioned before, and where the the workstation allows then the physician to go back and forth on the data and uh, perform the analysis through which the uh, suspicious findings are being detected and, as I said before, 
then uh, the patient is being referred to colonoscopy once found with a suspicious finding. That's in a nutshell. And and is this using a, a radioactive pill to do this, or what? What is the signal actually reading? Yeah, we are uh, the capsule is. Uh, quite sophisticated it utilizes a very unique technology that you could not find um, in any other product most of the products that are within this space are using video cameras in our case we use an x-ray sonar or radar if you wish which uh, utilizes a tiny x-ray source an ultra low dose x-ray source that emits radiation inside the colon controlled by software uh, through the tracking system. And uh, this information is being gathered um, in, in, a, in a mode or in, in, a, in a shape of a backscattered radiation from the colon and from the content, allowing to measure the distances between the capsule and the colon itself. Once you do that circumferentially, you get uh, a representation a slice representation of this, this specific location structure. And once the capsule uh, passes along the colon, you get additional representation that eventually turns into a 3D representation. This allows the physician, yet, as I said before, to go back and forth, scroll um, the, uh, through the images, which are also 2D images, and perform the analysis. And what's the patient experience? How, how long does the process take and what do they have to do while it's ongoing? So the patient uh, doesn't have to do anything except for ingesting the contrast material three times a day. Uh, the, the test uh, lasts for about two to three days on average. And um, it, other than that, the, uh, the test is completely autonomous, so the patient doesn't have to uh, perform any special diet. Uh, he or she can continue eating, living their lives, um, staying with their families, um, having shower, going to work, just not perform any extreme activities. But other than that, they can continue living their normal life. Um, so it's very, very convenient from that perspective. And what we get from our patients thus far is, is basically a good feedback, not only from the patients. We believe uh, from what we hear from our physicians or KOLs that we meet with that this may have a good potential to change the uh, natural history of colorectal cancer screening because it brings a new and fresh message out there. How does it compare in terms of the results a physician sees and, and who interprets those results? The interpretation uh, should be done mostly or, uh, at, at the last stage to a GI physician. We uh, anticipate to have also a reading center that would allow for some pre-analysis information so that physician could get a, 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 an outcome that could allow him to do it uh, in a shorter time and more conveniently. And um, uh, from the uh, uh, perspective of uh, uh, the information that we are uh, bringing, uh, this would, would allow for a, a detection of polyps that 
by now was demonstrated as 76% sensitivity and 82% specificity. This is the outcome that we got thus far from the post-CE approval study. We intend to continue improving the system over time. And uh, I did not mention that, but we are now at the process of getting the system into a pivotal study in the US that would allow hopefully the uh, approval by FDA and the commercialization uh, in the US as well. And does the physician need to learn how to read this or is it something that would be familiar to a, a physician that uses a nor normal colonoscopy? As for every x-ray modality, and I have a lot of experience in x-ray modalities, I came from the CT domain, there is a, a certain learning, cur learning curve for the physician. Uh, he should perform a few, few procedures, uh, run through some procedures through a training that uh, is being prepared by the company, and then after be qualified to perform this analysis. Um, I believe it is simpler than uh, some of the modalities that are being known as, uh, um, you know, modalities, uh, you know, uh, X-ray or, or ultrasound, for example, modalities. I think it is simpler because it provides a more intuitive way to detect the polyps. And this is uh, basically our aim. I also want to mention that going forward, we anticipate that all the information uh, should be and will be analyzed by an artificial intelligence, AI, which becomes more and more common uh, worldwide to allow the physician um, to receive a more concrete information and allow him to perform his decision uh, much smoother than, uh, than what he may do today. How does it compare in terms of radiation exposure to a it patient? It is uh, compared to uh, the, the total exposure uh, in our test is compared to one chest X-ray or 10 days on Earth, or if you wish, two transatlantic flights, which are quite common for people. So I do believe that from that perspective, uh, we are much, much below any other x-ray modality that you would uh, compare to not to mention that for ct for example it is about it is about one out of 200 times less hospitals have uh, sunk cost in equipment and can be focused on maximizing their investments is, is this a barrier to adoption um, i don't believe it should be a barrier for adoption because uh, we anticipate that this system uh, would be sold per case and would be reimbursed eventually in the us as well and so i think that when you compare this system cost to other uh, methods which exist, uh, I think that we are quite comparable uh, to those methods. Um, of course, depending on the the rate of usage, uh, but I think that all in all, it's it should be comparable to other methods as well. So I don't see a, a major barrier here uh, compared to other methods. And uh, as I said before, I think that when you compare the cost, you need also to take into account the fact that there are many incidents that should be taken care of many cancerous incidents and the payment uh, for each cancerous patient is uh, hundreds of thousands of dollars uh, compared to a procedure 
that may cost uh, much, much less than that. Uh, what have you done to validate this and have you had discussions with We are here? now at the process of uh, getting ready for the uh, ID submission in the US. As part of this process, we are working with uh, top tier consultants in the US that allow us to better understand the reimbursement path, which is complicated but yet should be completed uh, before we get into the commercialization phase. So this is exactly what we are handling right now. Uh, I cannot comment on that, but I can say that we are progressing in that path as well. And uh, we anticipate that between now and commercialization, we will have um, enough data uh, so that we could uh, move smoothly to this, uh, to this point. And when are you hoping to be able to bring this to market? What's the path forward um, is uh, to uh, initiate the study, the pivotal study, by next year. Um, the study would potentially uh, take uh, approximately one year. And so by 2022, we anticipate uh, commercialization uh, is going to be ready for the U.S. Alex Abadia, CEO of CheckCap. Alex, thanks so much for your time today. Thank you very much, Daniel. It was a pleasure to uh, talk to you. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. The Bio Report is a production of the Levine Media Group. To automatically download this podcast each week, subscribe to our RSS feed or through iTunes or other podcast manager. To join our mailing list, go to levinemediagroup.com. We'd love to hear from you. If you want to drop us a line or are interested in sponsoring this podcast, send email to danny at levinemediagroup.com. Special thanks to Jonah Levine, who composed our theme music, and the Jonah Levine Collective, which performs it.